Peace, and welcome to the Tailored Healing Collective Podcast. This is a space for, but never limited to, people of color. We're discussing sacred plant medicine, pregnancy, parenthood, and more. You know, there's such a stigma on who can open the floor for conversation on these topics that are viewed as taboo or even inappropriate. This fact alone has made so many become fearful of the very thing that could help us rebuild families, create our own businesses, and most importantly, trust our role in this world as future ancestors. So wherever you are, take a cleansing breath and do your best to listen with an open mind, heart, and spirit, and let love lead the way. I'm your host, Taylor. All right, we are live again tonight on the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. I'm really excited about the guest we have tonight. I have known her for about a year now. You probably see me promoting some of her products on my social media, and it's because they literally changed my life. I had experience with um, all kinds of mushrooms before, but never in the way that could be used for internal healing instead of being psychoactive. And we have my daughter here with us tonight, too, in the background, so you may hear her grunt a little, but she's just excited about the conversation so I could give her a great introduction, but I'm sure she can introduce herself a little bit better than I could. So tonight we have with us Lawrence, <laughs> Lauren Gallus of Magic Dose. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I'm really excited for the conversation that we're about to have and how everything will unfold. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, or maybe even if you do know me, my name is Lauren. I have a business called Magic Dose. I am an artist, a curator is mostly what I would consider myself, but maybe a medicine maker as well. I make herbal tinctures and mushroom tinctures, as well as the most amazing organic botanical skincare. So I like to do it all um, outside of my business. I'm just super creative. I express my creativity mostly in the kitchen and with music. Um, and I'm also a pug mom of two. So <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> and we were saying before the podcast, I was saying that, you know, you can have motherhood anywhere. It does not have to be just two human babies. Motherhood is just an expression of care and love that we have for things outside of ourselves. So I love that you added in about, about your boys. It's so great to hear. They are the joy of my life. So you know, like, there's the coffee mug that says, I work hard so my dog can have nice things. <laughs> so they deserve them. In this case, it's, you know, a $13,000 vet bill. But luckily, we we had some very generous supporters on GoFundMe to help with that. But <laughs> yeah, I'm gotta glad keep these they, boys alive. <laughs> I'm glad they could get the care they needed. Yeah. Yeah. So. so let's talk about Magic Dose, your pride and joy. How would you describe this business? I I don't think I've really talked to listeners yet about that there is a whole other side outside of magic mushrooms to the beneficial medical benefits of it. So describe your business to everyone if you could. Okay. So when I first of all, when I think of the business, I don't just think of these tangible products that you consume or put on your body. I think of the business as a lifestyle because you, while using the products, regardless of if it's a mushroom tincture that you're putting in your coffee or tea in the morning or a CBD facial serum that you apply, you know, during your skincare routine, you're embodying a lifestyle when you do so. You're committing to yourself when you do so. You are taking care of yourself. You are nourishing your body. Um, you are embodying just wanting to be healthy in whatever, however that means for you. Um, and you're intentional about it. When we choose to use these offerings, we are making an intentional decision every single day. So for me, it's, this brand is more of a lifestyle than it is just the products. Um, but you're absolutely right. 
about the mushrooms and I, I, I find myself getting frustrated sometimes because I feel like some people don't want, don't care about the mushrooms if they're not psychedelic. And it's frustrating because I feel like people are not understanding how powerful the mushrooms are, regardless of if they have a psychoactive effect or not. Um, mushrooms like reishi and lion's mane and cordyceps have such powerful healing benefits, even if you don't feel it. Um, and for me, that's kind of how I started with mushrooms and had such profound healing that I was like, I have to start this business and share mushrooms with everyone that I can possibly talk to about it. And interestingly enough, my first experience with mushrooms of really any kind was with medicinal mushrooms. Um, and then shortly after the psychedelic ones followed, and I have an equal amount of love for those as well, but I would love to see people embracing mushrooms and their power and their benefits without caring so much about if it's going to be psychoactive or not. Yeah, I think a lot of people have gotten because it's going very mainstream right now. They've gotten excited to about, I guess, the I don't even know how I would word it. It's like the height of it for them, you know, like that's what they're excited about, like all the hallucinogen effects and things like that. Like it sounds fun, but I mean, you're dealing with a lot and there are other parts to our healing rather than just our mind as well. Our body needs to be in touch with that as well. Yeah. And like you said, like people don't find it interesting if you can't get high and that's, you know, like our human nature, I get it. Like that's fun. That's interesting. It's mystical to us, but you can reach levels of, um, consciousness like that without even needing to get high. And I'm not saying that all medicinal mushrooms will do that necessarily. That's a topic of conversation for another time, but, um, yeah, it's like, if it, it, it's like, yeah, people just don't think that it's interesting if they're not gonna have a psychoactive effect from it. And for me, going back to, you know, the profound experience that I had when I first started working with mushrooms, I started taking a blend and my entire life, since I was a little girl, I would get sick, like anywhere from four to six times a year. And I'm the kind of person when I'm sick, like I'm in bed for a week. And usually it takes me a a whole two weeks to recover. So if you factor that I'm sick for two weeks out of the year, six times a year, that's um, three months almost. Mm -hmm. So three months of my life for the past 30 years, I've been sick. That's how many years I won't bore everyone by trying to do the math right now, but you get the gist of where I'm going. When I started taking medicinal mushrooms, I have not, I've been sick one time since, and that was actually most recently with COVID, Um, (laughs) yeah, I remember saying that. I'm sorry. You had to go through that. It was awful. It was awful. Um, yeah, again, another conversation for another time, but I hadn't been sick since 2019. So for someone like me, who's been sick for years of their life, sick in bed to go from that to not being sick for three years, four years, that was a profound profound change and healing that occurred for me to no longer have to deal with that because my whole life, my, you know, dad who raised me was always just like, Oh, you have a weak immune system. Like it was normal. Like that was just how it was. And that there was nothing to change that. Like there, and there was nothing that was causing it, which is again, you know, totally untrue, but we just accepted it. Like, Oh, I've got a bad immune system. So this is how it is. And realizing that that wasn't how it had to be. And like time is one of our most precious things in life. You cannot, can't buy time. You can't get back time. So for me to gain time back into my life was huge. Absolutely just profound. 
So what led you to feeling like, okay, it's time for me to put this medicine back into my community? Um, in terms of the mushroom medicine that I make? Yes. Or what your first experiences, like, was it then that you decided, okay, this helped me. Like I've noticed tremendous effects on my body. Let me figure out how I can help other people. What was your process? Yeah. So it, it wasn't straight to that. It was like, I was just taking it and I didn't have like, it wasn't like a light bulb went off for me right away. It took a few months it was very subtle. And that's also what I try to tell people is like, I have people, I have clients who notice like in a week or even the first time trying, Oh my God, I feel amazing. I have so much energy and that's great. And that might happen for some people, but for other people like myself, a lot of the times it's a very, very subtle difference and that you, that you notice over time. And for me, it was after, after a few months, I'm like, Hmm, I haven't been sick. Hmm. I sleep better. Oh, wow. I actually have like a better mental disposition. All of these things that just kind of one day I'm like, Hmm, you know, and, and it wasn't then once I had the realization that I'm like, Oh my God, I have to, you know, do this for everyone. I, I was on a journey starting January, 2020. I had January 1st, 2020, I had just quit a very toxic job. I had nothing lined up. I had no idea what I was doing with my life. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know what my next move was. I was doing ayahuasca, combo, mushrooms, you name it, hoping to get an answer. And one of the the last times that I did mushrooms during that time, the mushrooms, like a voice, I don't know what it was, but it was just like consciousness or my, my, the voice in my head was just like, stop it, stop it. You're not going to get the answers from us. Like it, no, no more. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess I got to chill. And then COVID happened. So I was just at home all the time. And I was like, well, I guess this is the time for me to focus on myself and to work on myself because I had been working so much, you know, 14, 16 hour days, no time for anything exhausted. And I'm like, it's just time for me to do me. So I really committed to my meditation practice. I really committed to, you know, affirmations and meditations Um, took part in, you know, different women's groups and different things. And then one day my best friend sent me a link on Instagram for an online course that was called into, it was an intuitive plant medicine course. And she was like, I think you should check this out. So I checked it out. It looked cool. The woman who designed the course, her name is Asia Suler. She's an herbalist. She's awesome. Um, and I'm like, this seems really cool. It was like three or $400, which was a lot of money for me at the time. She offered payment plans. I'm like, okay, I can swing this. This looks really interesting. Started taking the class. And then I simultaneously started studying holistic skincare because I also have a skincare background Um, running the business for a celebrity esthetician in Los Angeles, even though I wasn't in the treatment room, skincare became an obsession of mine. I, you know, absorbed all the information and knowledge that I could get like a sponge while working there. Um, And so it was a real passion. And I was like, well, I want to study the other side of this, the holistic side of it. So I Mm -hmm. started studying that. And then, um, we're in like the summer of 2020. I went on a little retreat with that same friend who recommended that class to me and came home and was like, I'm going to start a business. I started with three products. Um, mostly two of them were skincare related, like a toner and an oil. And the third one was a, a blend of herbs for tea for womb healing, which is actually my Venus rising tincture today. I have uh, it. <laughs> yes. Um, which is one of my favorite and most underrated products, but the people who use it, like, if you know, you know, 
Um, and so I kind of just like pulled all of this stuff out of a hat. Like I, I just started moving forward without putting much thought and I didn't invest a lot in it. I mean, you know, buying supplies was probably the most expensive thing, but I made like a logo on Canva. I called the company Gemini Apotheke. Um, you know, I had some little labels printed. They were really shitty, <laughs> but it was a start. And after like a month or two, I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I want to really do it. I'm a Capricorn rising. So I have to like, I have to go all in on something and, um, reimagined my brand as magic dose. And when I did that, that was when I was like, I became like, by that point I was totally mushroom obsessed. And I'm like, Oh, duh. I need to, of course, bring mushrooms to the masses. So the name Magic Dose, how did you, it just come to you or? It came to me. Yeah. There was like some trial and error, you know, like at first I'm thinking of like something that rhymes like magical botanicals. I think that was taken. So I didn't go with that. And it was just one day I'm like Magic Dose. Yeah. Magic Dose. And it just like sounded right. And it took me a while to get my logo. Like I had no idea what I wanted the brand to look like aesthetically. And then one day, like I just saw something on Instagram that was like a light bulb in my head. And I was like, oh my God, this little element here needs to be made like this. And here's my logo. It sounds like you had your, I told my husband this, that it's like uh, when Steve Jobs figured out Apple, (laughs) like that was his moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's hard when I, first decided to do the rebrand and go all in. I had a friend at the time who was a, like a designer in New York city, does graphic design, web design, branding, the whole thing. And he had offered uh, to help me and had me fill out this really long branding questionnaire. And it was a pain in the ass. And I remember I just like hated doing it, but it was one of the best things that I could do because it really made me hone in on my intentions and like write things down. What do I want my brand to express? What do I want it to communicate? Um, All of these things. And even after I had that, I still didn't know what I wanted everything to look like, but that was definitely foundational for me being able to move forward to get where I am now. It's like, we're not always going to get it on the first try and You might not get everything that you want to have when you're developing a brand or a business all at once. It's letting it unfold in layers. So being on this entrepreneurial journey that you have had so far, what is it like working in an industry that does not technically exist yet? Well, I'm kind of one foot in, one foot out, right? Like I'm sort of in the psychedelic industry and then sort of not. So for me, um, uh, for me, it really felt like it was confusing at first because I wanted, like, I felt so passionately about psychedelics and microdosing and mushrooms and all that. Um, but it was like, I just felt like, Hmm, is this the right way to go? Because I'm, he, it's like, I'm in a dark room reaching for things, but I don't know what I'm reaching for. And I don't know if I'm going to step on a spike or if a, you know, snake is going to get me or whatever. It's, it, it's hard. And I give a lot of praise to the people who are like fully in it, because I think it really takes being fearless. Yeah, I will say that's one thing I've noticed too. You know, I think it's awesome to share those stories because people want to know, you know, how it's been transformational for them and for their lives. But at the same time, I don't believe it's for everybody. And some people don't need to do it forever. And when we were going back to talking about, you know, how people are so interested in the high part of it, the high wears off at some point and you have to go back to self-healing and regulating yourself, you know, without that, or else it just becomes another form of addiction or escapism. Yep. And, and what you really like you, and I think a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, I know. But like, unless you're actually putting it into practice, you don't really know. And, you know, what I'm saying is not groundbreaking, but it's when you're using psychedelics, 
the real work and the real healing happens in the integration. And if you're not integrating your experience, then you can do mushrooms every day or once a week or whatever. And the same lessons are going to come up for you if you're not integrating them. And that happened to me on my recent mushroom journey that I did um, last month. It was like probably the same lesson that's been coming up for the past year or two that I was not integrating. I thought I would like, I, and you know, like after I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. And then I go home like, mm-hmm, I get it. But then you fall back into old habits and it's really like, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to be really intentional. And like, it's about reprogramming your mind to integrate these lessons that are showing up. And if you don't do it, then it's just going to be this, a different journey, but the same lesson every time until you do. I think that's really interesting. I heard on a podcast I listened to called psychedelics today that this man was speaking. I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but he was talking about how he spent all these years working in the industry and he only takes journeys like maybe once every few years now. He doesn't need to anymore. And, and that's, that's part of the point, but again, there's so many other aspects to it. If we stop chasing the one, use the experience integrated into our everyday life, we can see, oh, you know, maybe I need to focus on other parts of my body. We have other energy centers that need attention outside of the pineal gland. It's, it's Mm. nice. It's cool, but you know, you need other things. Well, and I think I used to be really like rigid about about using psychedelics, like it has to be spiritual. It has to be for healing. Right. And it's like, the healing is hard. You're crying, you're going through whatever. But what I've come to realize is that it's okay to use them recreationally for joy too. And it's okay to go to a concert and take like an elevated microdose and enjoy the music and be in that vibration. And it's okay to want to do art and, you know, again, microdose and just kind of like get into the flow and, and, and like enjoy being creative and spark your creativity with it. So that I think is just as important as, you know, doing a larger dose and going on a spiritual, you know, intentional healing journey. I definitely agree with that. And it's not only inspiring to see you doing this kind of work, but it also, it makes you wonder with this opening up as an industry and a field, how much things are going to change once these products become available. Yeah. And what I've decided within the last few months is that personally, for me, I am divesting out of psychedelics as an industry because I feel that the industry is shot is saturated with abusers and people who are in it for ego and the wrong intentions. Even if those people don't enter into the industry with that as their conscious intention, um, there's something about people being put in a position of power that I don't think that most people can handle. And then the ego, um, takes over and that's when abuse and harm happens. And um, there's a podcast, you might've seen me post about it. It's called Cover Story. Um, It's done by New York Magazine. But what I really liked about it was that the host of the podcast was from New York Magazine, but he brought in someone who's actually in the psychedelic space who has had years and years of experience in different psychedelic spaces to kind of lead the podcast. And they cover the both the underground and the above ground. So, you know, underground, obviously things aren't legal yet. And then the above ground with um, companies like Maps um, and maybe I think another company that they cover. And there's so much harm going on in both of those worlds. And, um, and I really want to see people talking about it. I don't think it's talked about, like, it feels almost non-existent to be quite honest. Like, and right after I finished the whole podcast, cause it's like an entire season, it's not just one episode. It's like 10, I think 10, maybe more episodes. And, um, I just wanted to like, talk about it with 
people that I know who do psychedelics or people who are in the psychedelic space. And I was getting really mixed reactions. Some people were like, oh my God, wow. And like, you know, really wanting to kind of dissect all of this stuff. And then there was one guy who calls himself a shaman who I tried to have a conversation with about, and he got really defensive and accused me of attacking him personally. (laughs) And for me, that was like a huge red flag. It was like, okay, so something's going on here if this is triggering you. But so after that, I kind of felt like, you know what, I don't want, I don't want to be in the industry in this way. I don't want to be a part of all of this. So I kind of took a step back and um, really had to reevaluate. Like, it didn't mean that I didn't love psychedelics, but it was like, okay, what's important here? And again, with like the things that we love, we also have to expose the truths about them. We need, just like with ourselves, where we need to embrace our shadow just as much as we embrace the light. It's the same thing with the psychedelic industry and everything that's unfolding here. And there's a lot of harm that's going to happen as this continues to move forward with decriminalization and legalization and um, all of that. And for me, I feel like moving forward, I want to have the conversations about the dark side of the psychedelic world and also help people to like promote harm reduction. So whether that might be helping people do a mushroom ceremony on their own in the safety of their own home, you know, with things like ayahuasca, it's hard. You are supposed to do that with a guide, with a shaman in a group setting. And there are people who I trust for sure, but maybe it's helping people understand what is, who, who can you trust? And truly you don't know until you're in that situation, but um, things to look out for. Right. So yeah, I, I love psychedelics and I love the healing and the joy and all that they've given. And I know so many of us feel the same way, but I would also love for us to have more conversations about the harm that's being done. So if you're okay with it, would you be comfortable walking us through your own healing journey? Because being able to recognize and be aware of these red flags you see, especially in spiritual practices these days, a lot of that comes from developing our own journey. So whatever part you'd like to share with us or that you're comfortable with, please do. You know, I really thought about this and of course I do want to share. Um, and I will give a little bit of the backstory. But like, usually when I talk about my own healing journey, it's going back into my childhood, the abuse that I endured, um, one of the nastiest, most violent, messiest divorces that a kid can go through, my parents' disdain for for one another, an alcoholic mother, an emotionally unavailable father, so many things um, that I had to overcome. Um, and that's all important because it got me here. And I would definitely say that before I started using psychedelics for healing, I was barely holding my head above water, barely. And then I started using psychedelics, um, and things just started changing very rapidly. The healing that was happening within me and in my life. And I also want to emphasize to people, I've been in therapy all my life for 26 years. (laughs) It's a really long time, like consistently, like every week for 24 years for the most part. So thank you for sharing that. (laughs) It needs to be said, like, honestly, personally, I think everyone should be in therapy because it gives you somebody to talk to an outside perspective, someone who's not going to be biased, someone who you can dissect things with. Right. And so when I started using psychedelics, I was honest with my therapist about that. I'm honest with my therapist, with my therapist about any mind altering substance that I can consume because I need to talk about my experience with it. I need to work on integration with her and she's not a trained psychedelic therapist. And, you know, this is someone who I can trust 
also who I've been with for five years. So I know some people, maybe you don't have a connection with your therapist, find a new therapist. And I know that's easier said than done. Like it's kind of like dating. You need to try different people out and see who you vibe with and see who you connect with. Um, so I'm so grateful to have that in my life with my therapist. She is incredible. And so I would talk to her about, you know, what was happening and, you know, we would walk, she would walk me through it. And, and, and so that in conjunction with using psychedelics, I now feel like I'm like (laughs) floating, you know, there's no, there's no, this like treading for my life anymore. Um, but I really, what I really want to emphasize what my healing looks like today. And that is joy. That is pleasure. That is play. And Um, and, and I, that's like, for me, I've been in a dark place for the past year, like a really dark place. And I kind of just like had to be in that. And I didn't realize how dark it was until I started to come out of it in the past month or two. And I had to make a conscious choice. I've been putting all of my energy into other people and not into myself. So am I going to make a conscious choice to, now return that energy back to myself and do the things that make me happy? Am I choosing joy every day? Am I choosing how I respond and react to situations? Am I choosing to have fun? Am I choosing to dance? Am I choosing to let things go when shitty things happen? And that's not, none of that is easy. So for anyone listening to this, oh my God, yeah, okay, easier said than done, yeah. I'm a very reactive person. That is probably the hardest. Like I've been working on that in therapy for probably over a decade. Like how do I not have a knee-jerk reaction when this happens? And the answer for me, I think the answer is for everybody, honestly, universally is meditation. If you're not meditating, if you are not quieting your mind, then you are not going to be able to pause in situations and take a step back and see it for what it is and see what's happening and then choose how you respond to it intentionally. And Hey, maybe you're going to respond to it and yell or whatever, but at least then you're choosing you're in, you're intentional about it. But that's been the biggest shift for me. I've been, I've committed to meditation. I'm on 30 days straight. Now I do an hour every morning and it has been transformative. Yeah. Psychedelics are to me at this point are not a magical enlightenment pill. You still have to deal with real life shit after it's over with. Like there, it, it doesn't make it all go away. You have the come down the glow and then 3d reality kicks back in. And, and again, it's like, hard. And it like you said, hard. if you're not integrating, then it's not going to do anything. It'll just be another experience that you had. Yep. Well, one, I want to thank you for being brave enough to share that, because even though we say, you know, we get so much enlightenment from plant medicine and fungi and all these beautiful things that the earth provides us at the same time, it's not easy to share these stories. We need more people to be vulnerable about them so they don't think that it's just rose colored goggles, you know, going through this magical experience that you don't have to fall down seven times to get back up eight again. Yeah. And, and I think that same sentiment applies to, again, what I was saying earlier with, with talking about the dark side of psychedelics and the abuses and the harm that can happen in that, in those spaces. Um, so talking about those things helps people understand, gives them education to be able to make decisions for themselves moving forward. So how do you stay grounded amongst everything going on and everything that you experience within your business and then within your own life? Yeah, it's hard. It is really hard. And just to continue echoing, it's a decision. It's a choice. And meditation, um, music, um, Doing things that I really enjoy doing, whether it's maybe one day cleaning my closet and organizing everything, or another day it's packing orders. Um, Being an entrepreneur is the most 
unglamorous job in the world. I agree. I I completely (laughs) agree. You're doing 10 different jobs. Yeah, it is so hard. And I was recently, recently made a decision to step back from feeling like I needed to turn out content for Instagram for a long time. I was feeling like I was a slave to the app. I was feeling like all this pressure, you know, and I had followed all the social media gurus, Brock Johnson, social media marketing queen. I don't know, whatever, you know, their names are. And it's like post three reels a day. Here's how to batch three months of content in one day. And I'm just like, Oh my God, it takes me literally an entire day to make one or two or three reels if I'm lucky. Me too. It's overwhelming. <laughs> yes. And and just like the creativity and 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 finding an odd. It's like, you know, like I have like a niche about tinctures and mushrooms, like using audio, finding audios that have like it was becoming so overwhelming and I was becoming so resentful of it. And I wasn't feeling creative at all. And but then I had this pressure. I'm like, well, I have to do this for my business. Like I, I have to, if I'm not posting content, then I'm not going to get sales. And I just decided like on the most recent, um, full moon that we had in June, I was like, I'm letting all that shit go. I am unsubscribing. I am opting out no more. Like my business does not depend on me posting on Instagram. And I even posted about it online. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. And that didn't mean that I wasn't going to be on Instagram. It just meant that I was only going to do it when I felt like it, when it felt in alignment for me. And I felt like I just had the weight of the world lifted off of my shoulders once I made that decision. And Yeah. It's like, I, that's like, I would say content creation is probably the number one job of a, of an entrepreneur, of a, of a one person, you know, business like mine. And it's so consuming. It sucked the joy out of it for me. I wasn't having fun and I wasn't having time to make medicine and, or having time to, to do the things that I do love to do around my business. And so I, I, I get that. And on social media as of late is starting to feel like walking almost in a, in a wasteland where you're just expected to grab at everything, every little bite you can, and it's soul sucking, it's draining. And how can we even joyously talk about our experiences, especially with this medicine and still want to grow a business, but be expected to constantly create them. We're not living, we're not living the experience. We're not living the integration. We're on social media and it's not like, it's not conducive, which is why, even though I have the podcast, I still have to start separating myself from it because I too fell into got to do reels, got to do this, got to take care of the kids, got to do more reels. Like people are going to forget about me if I'm online and those limiting beliefs that add up. Yeah. And if you hold on to that belief, then that's what it's going to be. But for me, I was like, I'm releasing this. This is not mine. And this does not apply to me. Um, And yeah, it just, it felt amazing. And it just took so much pressure off. And yeah. Even like there's that one audio I'm sure you've heard. It, it's like, everything is content, everything. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I want to be in the present moment. I do not need to be filming every single fucking thing that I do every day. Like I want to be present. I want to enjoy a sunset, me enjoying a sunset without me feeling like I need to record it. I want to make medicine and be in that vibration of medicine making, which I love when I do and not have to record it and worry about all that. Like, fuck that. No, <laughs> I'm opting out of that. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. It, it's so important, not just in, I know you said you use meditation as a grounding tool, but having boundaries is a grounding tool too. Whew, yes, yes, yes. Strong boundaries. Number like, <laughs> yeah, like throw that in your spirituality 101 beginner tool kit, but you probably won't actually grasp it until like level five in the advanced level, but it's 
like it's there. That's like the foundation. <laughs> I think I saw a meme um, from one of these other spiritual pages I've followed before. And it was showing like when you're at the beginning of your journey, you think you need all the these spirit- tools, all these yeah, crystals. The spirituality starter pack and then the advanced <laughs> package is like the cigarette and the cup of Coke. And yeah. <laughs> It's like you just realize where you are and it breaks down yeah. when people hear ego death. I don't know what they think, but I don't think it's what they think it is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and yeah, psychedelics, maybe even for like I know someone who has a really big ego who did ayahuasca and I don't know if they had an ego death or not. Um, they might have, but the ego came back right away. And, and that's the thing that I think is really important. Cause I feel like what's promoted in psychedelics is, oh, psychedelics are going to make you a good person because they're going to heal you. They're going to make you good. They're going to make you more compassionate. Oh, every single person needs to do psychedelics, especially our world leaders and all the politicians. And it's like, no, do you know how many of these billionaires are doing ayahuasca ceremonies and shit? Elon Musk, I'm sure, and um, Mark, whatever, hit, hit, who started Facebook. Anyway, you know, it's like, I'm sure all of Richard Branson, they're all doing that shit. And are they better people? Are they giving their money to solve world hunger and poverty? No, it doesn't make you a good person if you are not innately a good person. Yes. And if you're not willing to do the work. Because maybe it will help you be a better person, but if you're not willing to do the work, then you're going to stay a shitty person. It also can give you, I I think they use them. I have a theory because it taps you into universal consciousness, right? But just because you have this knowledge and this consciousness of how society is working and what people will fall for and what they want, that doesn't mean that you're using it for your powers for good. You can be using it to completely dismantle you know, good things that are going on right now and turn them evil. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to see that narrative go away because it's entirely untrue. Yeah. I hope with time, I hope the more people that can talk about both sides of the experience and not just one will kind of shed some light on it so that the people who decide, Hey, I might want to start this in my journey or in my life, they don't have false representation of what actually comes with it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, we're seeing all of this stuff become so mainstream. There's a movie coming out that I saw the trail for um, uh, how to change your mind. I forgot the author. I saw that. I saw that. Right. And my first response to that was who funded it? Not because I think it's a bad movie, not because I think it's not going to be informative, but I know I right away I knew I'm like this is to push psychedelics further into the mainstream get more people to do them they're you know about to do FDA approval on MDMA they're about to legalize mushrooms and all this stuff there's an agenda here that movie was not made to just say hey everybody here's a really amazing movie about mushrooms I want to know who funded it because I guarantee you that it's funded by major corporations. And oh, for sure. Yeah, people who have a stake in it. I can't walk in a store these days, which I don't go out very often, but I can't walk in without seeing mushrooms everywhere. I was telling someone this earlier. Yeah. I'm like, am I tripping? <laughs> I yeah. see them everywhere now. I yeah. know it's not just me right yeah. now. And it's definitely going mainstream. It's noticeable, whether it's in celebrity chat, I've seen cannabis uh-huh. influencers who are now talking about like sliding mushrooms into their yeah. content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think like, it's great that it's going mainstream so that more people can know about it and know that this is an option, but um, it's not going mainstream because people want to help people. It's going mainstream because people want that money. And, and that's another thing that comes with it, but a whole nother conversation we would probably yeah. be talking about for days. No, and really quick, I do want to just say, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with wanting the money. I don't think there's anything wrong with earning money and having money, but it's the intention behind it. And there's a responsibility that comes with pushing something like this into the mainstream. Um and yeah, that responsibility, I don't think is taken seriously. So it's not the, the money's not the evil part, you know, it's people who just want to cash out and, and not really help others and 
and don't really want to care about harm reduction and things like that. So with that, what is your hope uh, to leave on your community or the community that you serve through the medicine that you make? Yeah, I, (laughs) that's a great question. I really just hope to have a positive impact on someone's life, whether that is just from a simple interaction with me online, or whether that is from um, using one of the medicines that I make or whether that's from coming to a retreat that I host. I want to give people an experience in one way or another that leaves them feeling good. I think your products in general, I mean, the word magic dose is enough, but they're designed to make people feel good. I don't even think when I think magic dose, I don't even necessarily mushrooms would not be the first thing I think of. I think of beauty products, honestly, like when you see nice labels and you think about how colors make you feel and design and, you know, just the effect it has on the spirit. I think more of that, like I think elixirs, I don't necessarily just think like, yeah, mushrooms, like because microdose, I don't put those together. Yeah. I, I love that you've got that perspective. A lot of the times everyone's just like, where do I get the, the magic dose? I'm like, well, first of all, that's <laughs> the name of my company. I make over 25 different things. So I'm not sure which magic dose <laughs> would like, but take a look at my website. <laughs> that's the chasing the high. Like, okay, I want the magic. Give it to me now. Yeah. 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 There's, a, there's magic in other parts though. Um, And one part I didn't mean to touch on earlier that I didn't was one of the cures that I think I heard Paul Stamets talk about was with turkey tails and curing cancer, I believe it was cancer, dementia, one of them. Cancer, dementia is lion's mane, turkey tail um, has been shown in studies to have profound effects on cancer, especially breast cancer. And it's so amazing. And these are like major problems. I mean, obviously trauma and mental health, they're very important issues going on right now, but there are a lot of people suffering from other things that are on a cellular level that, you know, can be reprogrammed essentially, but if they don't know about it and all you're concerned with is the trauma, you can't work with the other things going on in your body. Well, and there are also just people who are resistant to it. And it doesn't matter how many studies there are, because there are so many studies on turkey tail. There's so many studies on lion's mane. Um, Some people just don't want it. Some people are resistant. And it's like, you know, those people, you can say, well, if you want to read the studies, here you go. And I'll leave these with you. And I'll be here if you need anything. I'm not here to push anything on anyone who is not ready or wanting to receive it. So I'm here for people who are open to the healing of herbs and mushrooms and skincare. And um, I am just here to serve those people. I'm not here to change anyone's mind. (laughs) Yeah. And that stating that alone, I mean, I wish it would let people know, like, stop right here. I'm here to serve other things, not just this. Again, it's the brand new hip thing right now. Everybody wants peace, but I have other great things and you have more to offer than just that. Yeah. And like one of my favorite things that I make is my skincare, because as I said earlier, I'm so passionate about skincare. You know, I see I see people who, you know, have a lot of acne and they're wearing a lot of makeup or they have super red and irritated skin and, you know, all of these things. And there's so much healing that can be done by like a simple skincare routine with oils and herbs. Um, and I get asked, you know, all the, like people tell me, they're like, oh my God, you have like the most amazing skin I've ever seen. And part of that is genes. I'll admit, like I, like I didn't really struggle with acne before, um, in my life, but my skin, since I've been like oil cleansing and using the CBD serum that I make and the, the skin mist, like my skin has just totally up leveled, like it's texture is like a baby's bottom. It's like, I wake up in the morning, I touch my face and it's like so soft. And, you know, I used to have like red spots on my face. So I thought it was like rosacea, all that stuff has gone away. 
even like when I was, you know, working at the celebrity esthetician and I was getting like facials once a week with like the top of the line, you know, products and, and equipment. And I still had like the red spot on my forehead and the red spots on my cheeks. But then I started using the skincare that I make and all of that went away and my skin's never been better. I don't have like a knock on wood. I don't have a single wrinkle yet. Um, I went to a concert for my birthday in June, or it was at the end of May, rather. It was an early birthday celebration. And my best, like this girl, she was so cute and young. And she came up to my group and my best friend was like, it's, it's her birthday. And she's like, oh my God, how old are you? And I was like, I kind of like hesitated. <laughs> I'm like, I'm 34. <laughs> and her jaw was like on the ground and she was like, what like for like a couple of minutes was like no like couldn't believe it she's like I thought you were my age I'm like how old are you she's like 23 (laughs) that is like the best part of my night they like I don't need any other gifts thank you so much Um, oh I love that that's so funny so for me like skincare is so huge and I just like I cringe when I think about all the products from like Sephora or Target or wherever that I used to put on my face and when I see people who are struggling with their skin and using these products I just want to be like please let me help you I I can your skin will transform with my three-step system so that's like outside of the mushrooms and it's like they're all all the different doses are my babies so I really it's so hard to choose plus I'm a Gemini so I can't just choose one but skincare is definitely at the top of my list is some of the favorite and most underrated things that I make that was actually going to lead me to one of my last questions I had for you what is one of your favorite products mm. hmm. okay um I will say that, uh, and I'm, I usually, okay, I'm going to give you a top three. Cause I, again, I can't just choose one. The one that I would usually say to people is like my core, one of my core products. The one that most profoundly changed my life is, um, the mushroom blend medicinal dose, which has 11 different medicinal mushrooms in it. Half of those mushrooms are wild harvested in Oregon. Um, the rest of them are organically grown and that that one is the one that I haven't been sick, um, since 2019, like profound change for me on that. Um, number two, Venus rising, because I used to have the most violent periods. I hated having my period and I put in an IUD six years ago and I was happy as a clam, not having a period for, for all those years. And then I realized how bad birth control was and I took the idea IUD out and I was like, okay, I need to make something now to support my menstruation. So I made Venus rising and that just like totally changed my relationship with my moon time. Um, and I've had clients who are on it, who have literally like multiple people have messaged me being like this literally not just changed my relationship with myself, but it changed my relationships with my family because they were having such harsh, like mood swings and they were so sick and just feeling so bad. And, you know, all of that was being projected onto their partner. And, and then when they started taking Venus rising and their hormones balanced out and their bleeding wasn't as bad and they weren't experienced the pain and the sickness and the mood swings and all the the things that come with menstruation like that, it healed their relationship because they weren't, you know, projecting that onto their partner. Um, So that's a big one for me. And then number three, I would say cleansing dose, my oil cleanser that I make. And the reason that I choose that over balancing dose, which is the CBD facial serum is because like, if there's one place for anyone to start with their skin, it would be that because you can only use that one product and your skin will be so happy. You can use it to cleanse your skin and, and, you know, take off dirt, makeup, sunscreen, whatever, but you can also use it as a moisturizer after the fact as well. So it's kind of like an all-in-one for someone who really just wants, doesn't know where to start. Um, and that you'll just see like such a huge difference with your skin. So 
And I love oil cleansing because you can literally do it anywhere. I'm like, I carry water with me everywhere I go. So all you need is your little pad, put a little water on it. You can cleanse in the car. You can cleanse on a hike. You can cleanse sitting in the waiting room at the DMV or the doctor's office, like literally anywhere. So (laughs) I love what you're providing to the community. It's not just it's not just about whether we're using plants or not. It gives us a sense of connection that I think the pandemic took away from a lot of people. And it seems like it also inspired you to kind of find yourself again through all of this. Yeah. And like, you know, part of the journey, which I I meant to touch on earlier was like really just by meditating and creating this, like the space for me to focus on myself to be able to hear the whispers of my intuition, because I get asked all the time, well, what do you mean? How do you hear your intuition? It's like, well, you've got to quiet your mind because if you, if your mind is not quiet, you're not going to hear your intuition and your intuition is not a screaming, yelling voice in your head. It's not writing on the wall. It's literally a whisper. It is literally the tiniest, softest little thought. And if you are not clear in your mind, and if you are not able to not just eliminate the chatter. And that doesn't mean all the time, because that's impossible. We would all be enlightened if we didn't have chatter going on in our brains. But just to be able to clear your mind, even if it is for five, 10, an hour, however long each day, you're taking the back seat and the observer seat in your mind to be able to, to um, decide what is the chatter? What is my true self speaking and what is your intuition. And so when you can get quiet and be able to hear the whispers of your intuition and then not just to hear it, but to actually act on it, take inspired action. That's when the true transformation starts. Well, thank you so much for sharing us with today. How can people find you if they want to know more about mushrooms in general, not the psychoactive ones, but (laughs) I mean, I talked to them about those too, but let's (laughs) focus of the conversation. Um, but yeah, you can find me. I love connecting with people on Instagram. My handle there is underscore magic dose D O S E like a dose of medicine, but a dose of magic. Um, and then there is a link there to my website. But if you want to check out my website and see all of my offerings, my site is www.magic-dose.com. Thank you so much. And I will link all that information in the show notes for everyone so that you can find her and the magical medicine that she makes and shares with the world right now. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, for sharing with us and for really educating people on the other sides there are to not just this industry, but this practice that people are picking up now. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to connect with you. Thank you for allowing me to share my perspective. And I look forward to connecting with any of you who want to find me on socials or on my website. Thank you so much. And thank you all again for listening to the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. Until next time, let love lead the way. Peace. is enjoyable.